I'm Danita, and I'm here to question the other side of life with you, to show how exploring the shadow can be painful, but also sexy. We ask our listeners to unravel parts of themselves they try to hide, and this can be scary, and also bring moments of revelation and elation. In the next 15 to 20 minutes, we are going to question and move through fear and some avant-garde ideas that might make you feel rage, grief, sadness, and also joy. I'm going to share insights and personal experiences about how I've been embracing the dark so I can live in my light. Welcome to the other side. Hey, Jen. Hi, Danita. Today, we are here with a beautiful colleague, Vanessa Grootman with the Energy Upgrade. She is joining us because in the month of September, we are going to be chatting all about burnout. And particularly, I'm going to be talking about burnout and core wounds. But Vanessa is going to bring this other perspective about burnout and health and all different things that she does in order to help with burnout but also share her experiences on burnout and what all happened and then the shifts and the changes that she made because of the big B. The big B. Yes, let's do it. The big B. Vanessa, can you share a little bit about burnout? What all happened when you were first going through burnout? First of all, thank you for having me, both of you. I'm super excited. And I always cherish more time with Danita. We know each other really well, and it's always just such a joy and a blessing. So thank you. Maybe just to backtrack and give context, I, I've always been an entrepreneur, and I built this big seven-figure business and was all in. Indeed, met with Big B. <laughs> <laughs> and I think, you know, it's interesting because when I reflect back and, and recently, especially, I've just been witnessing that shift in me. And we've been talking about it when I visited you in Costa Rica last, how I think the burnout I experienced was not from working hard, but really from working from the wrong place. So for me, I notice now looking back that I was just so deeply rooted in that hyper masculine energy. And, and we've talked about that many times, but it was really just about the hustle to do list. I didn't take mat leaves. I had two babies. I was just on a mission. And I really thought that this was what life was about. You know, I didn't know anything else. I kind of was forced into this masculine energy really early on. And even in my childhood, uh, my brother has Down syndrome. And and really early on, I was kind of brought on as a second mom almost, you know, really caring for him and babysitting him and taking care of him and having to be that strong figure of like, no, I got you. We're going to do the support. And so I didn't really get a taste for what the flow, the play, the creation can also look like. I think that I just operated from that place that I thought was the place we need to operate from. And I really think that's what got me to meet the burnout. When you're in survival mode, you almost have like, it's almost like you become this turtle going through life. Like that's the vision I always have where you have like this really thick armor. That's what the work with Danita will do is you'll be able to start getting through that because in the middle of it is you. It's who you really are. Yeah, like the protective armor that we wear will take on different identities in order to protect ourselves. Work, for example, like your work identity 
it's part of your protective shell because as long as you have that work identity that you like and can identify with and that you think other people are going to approve of, then you're protected. You can pretend to be someone else or you can wear a mask or you can be okay with yourself because you're protected by that identity. And as soon as that identity goes away, you can see this in so many, I mean, professional athletes, professionals in general, when they retire, all of a sudden, I have no identity. That's exactly what I went through. Who am I? You're the same person you've always been inside, but you've never had to acknowledge that person or have an awareness of who that person is or really show the world that person because you were being protective by that turtle shell. It's the same thing with mothers. They do the same thing. Empty nester syndrome, you know, like you've taken on this identity of being a mother and you're protected by that. You have that shell around you. And then when your children are gone, you no longer have that shell. So who are you? Burnout happens at that stage too, because you're running around wondering who I am. You're trying to fill this void of who you are. One thing I realized is once that mask, once that identity was dissolved, I had a lot of anger and resentment that was lingering under that armor that I had never processed. And it all came back like roaring. Is that typical? It is very typical. So your emotions, your general emotions that you're going to feel after a big life transition or something happens in life are anger, rage, grief, sadness. And they're all connected to this idea that you were doing something for someone else in general. In general, this job that you had created and this life that you had created, who was it for? Was it for you? If it was, amazing. Then you might feel sadness that you left because you know, you've done it all for yourself and now you're in a transition point. And that's that's a great time to grieve. That's a huge transition that you're making and you're grieving a part of your life and that's completely normal as well. But if you're feeling the anger and resentment, then it's also like, how come? How come I feeling? am I feeling this anger and resentment? Was I doing this because at some point I had felt abandoned or neglected or rejected or humiliated or manipulated and I was out there looking for approval, acceptance, to be loved? to show the world that I'm good enough, to prove that I'm not a failure, to show that I can take on all this responsibility, to be in control, to have power over my own life when I've never had power over my own life. There's just so many reasons why we put on these masks and why we do what we do. That's also a great cue, a good sign of where you can make changes. What are these thoughts? How come I'm feeling this way? And then go through it and move through those emotions. And once you move through those emotions, then the resentment and the anger lessens and you can still see why you did what you did. But your reaction going into the future will have less connection to that anger and resentment, which is what you want. So yes, it's normal, Vanessa. (laughs) Benita, when it comes to these thoughts and feelings and emotions that Vanessa was describing, do those manifest then as physical symptoms in the body over time? How is that related? In general, the body will store those emotions and it will come out in some way. So if you're not acknowledging that anger and resentment and the part of you that's building a business based on anger and resentment or partially based on it it can be a desire. And it can also be because, you know, you're looking for approval and acceptance at the same time or whatever the reason is that you're building the, the business. There might be true, genuine reasons, which are beautiful and you want to create. And then there might be the underlying reasons as well. Those underlying reasons, if you avoid them, ignore them, push them down, suppress them, your body holds them. So just because you've decided in your brain not to 
think of them does not mean that your body has let them go. For example, mine came out again, Vanessa mentioned her thyroid. Mine came out through a thyroid challenges. It wouldn't let up. It also came out through my menstrual cycle. So my menstrual cycle was horrible. I mean, I was bleeding 14 days of the month. I was endometriosis or I was going through surgeries for endometriosis and all these types of things were happening. And I felt like they were happening to me rather than for me or, you know, that I was moving through something. It was just like, all this stuff is happening to me and I don't know why. And that was the body's way of telling me to pay attention. What are you doing? Why are you doing it? How come? And so when I started detoxing the liver, whew, <laughs> stuff surely bubbled up, which was great uh, because it forced me to finally see it. One of my old ones that I'm trying to kiss goodbye to. <laughs> but yeah, so it's been interesting because I've been able to completely melt that away just through, you know, doing some work, of course. But, you know, that just shows again that it went somewhere. Even if you think about a shoulder injury, it doesn't even have to be an organ. You can think about like a shoulder injury or like a hip injury or all of a sudden your knee is acting up and you're going like, what is going on? You've felt it before. Well, somatically, your body is responding in a similar sense to a similar stressor. It's just coming up in the same way. Your body is showing you this hip that doesn't want to move in the morning. I mean, yes, sometimes there is an organic reason for your hip not to be moving, but there's also a somatic reason and the body's response to stress. And if you felt it over and over and over again, how come? I just, you know, what blows my mind um, is that we never hear about that stuff. I know when I started doing my own healing and work, I had never heard of this, but of course you hear about the physical work. Let's say when you have a knee injury or shoulder injury, the first thing people are going to think is you need to go to the physio. And of course, sometimes if you actually went through a mechanical accident, yes, there's so much to be said about like, you got to also reflect on what else is going on in your body that you haven't paid attention to. There is so much information there and it's creating contraction and like stagnant areas in your body. And guess where disease likes to go and creep up? Things like cancer. They go in those areas where there's more contraction, there's less blood flow, there's less oxygen. So that's where it goes. And so that's why it's so important to be connected with your body and to try to bring more conscious awareness. I can even expand. I know Vanessa does a parasite protocol as well, but I have went through times of parasite inflammation or flare-ups where my immune system was suppressed. And so the parasites really came out in full force and showed me where they are. That was a moment where I had to say like, okay, well, how come the blood isn't flowing through my intestines? Like what's going on there? How come my lower intestine is just holding so much? Why is there pain there? And then taking the time to actually say, okay, what can I do? What can I feel? How come this is happening? And then at the same time, nourish it with vitamins and ingredients to, to help your body heal. Yeah. Function. Yeah. That's the thing. It's never black or white when it comes to the body. You know, we're creatures of nature. It's never black or white. It's evolving. It's a journey. You're never really done. That's the other thing, right? And if, if you were, it would be boring. <laughs> <laughs> There's always more. There's always more layers to peel back. There's always more to look into. I find like 
doing this work, taking radical responsibility for your own well-being, for how you show up in the world, for your own light, even after, you know, I know it's hard to say that when you are at your lowest point, but the truth is nobody's going to come and save you. And that's the sad reality of it. You need to pick yourself back up one little bit at a time and start making these micro actions that are going to slowly bring life back to you and then it'll snowball and then you're on this journey of healing and and helping others because often that's what happens is when you go through these big changes most people that I know anyway once they've hit a burnout their life changes like it's a full 180 because it forces you to look at every sphere of your life. What is draining your energy? What is giving you more energy? And you don't have bandwidth anymore for anything that's draining energy. That was my experience. I'm not in it for any of this stuff anymore. I think that too, like the bandwidth you just talked about, I think it also comes with when you go through all the all of this work that your beliefs shift. And so the reason why you were connecting with people or the reason why you were doing something has changed so dramatically or drastically. That situation no longer represents one that you want to be in. Totally. And that's why it's okay. It can be scary, but it's okay to evolve and prioritize yourself. And I like the word that you said earlier about radical responsibility. I usually connect to radical discontinuity, but I also like radical responsibility in the sense that, okay, it's it's time. It's time for you to start taking the actions and they can be small actions, they can be large actions, but whichever one that you decide to go on, it's up to you. And it's probably going to have to be drastic in some sense for you, whatever that can be like stop drinking, stopping having Wednesday night wines. That can seem huge. Because you're attached to it. You go out with girlfriends and you want to have a glass of wine or you want to share about your week or whatever. And that's how you do it. One of the things that Vanessa has done is she has sober curious, rarely has alcohol anymore. That's a huge step for a lot of people. What brought you to that point, Vanessa? To begin with, like I never was a heavy drinker. Me and alcohol never had like a glorious relationship. Basically, when I started looking at my liver, I really entered all of these healing protocols that I did. And then I I just started noticing that it wasn't giving me energy. It was draining my energy. And it was draining my energy, not just that day, but for days after. And so for me, and that's not at all something I ask my clients to do, but we certainly talk about the relationship because it is a numbing thing, right? Like when you reach out to the glass of wine, what is it that you're trying to numb? With my clients, I work a lot on the relationship with celebration. Often people think like it's not even a question. There is this direct assumption that if you're celebrating something, alcohol and lots of it needs to be involved. And for me, I just completely celebration means I want to be joyful, present, happy, energetic, vibrant. I want to be able to shine my light. If I have too many drinks, I'm not going to be able to do that. That's just the personal decision I did. But what's interesting is at first it was really confronting for the people around me. That just blows my mind. Like that is the one drug, legal drug that people will actually judge you if you don't take part in. And it's because it is a neurotoxin and it, you know, it's not good for anybody. And And the other day I was listening to a brain um, doctor who was saying like, I 
can guarantee you then in less than 10 years from now, alcohol is going to be banned. It's going to be just like probably cigarettes. Like people would be like, what? You're still drinking? Did you not get the memo? Right? Because it is so disruptive on the microbiome, on your brain. But without talking about the, the physical impact of it, just the emotional piece, like even just with my husband, like that was so confronting to him for me not to have a glass of wine with him on a Friday night or a Saturday night. And he was, he felt left out and he felt alone. I was like, Oh, wait a minute. That's not mine. That's your stuff. Like, why do you need that crutch on a Friday night? Well, not even that. Why do you need me to do it? How come I can't sit there and drink a tea? What is it about the wine? And I mean, there's so much that goes into that. There's tradition, celebration, tradition. It's something to savor for a Friday night to go out and have a glass of wine with your friends or your partner and to really get into that mode. I know that I used to be like, I wouldn't even start the conversation that I wanted to talk about with Kurt, my partner, until the wine got to the table. It would be like, no, I want to save it for when the wine gets here. (laughs) A lot of people are like that. It definitely is a part of our culture. When you're looking at your health and your energy, that might be a step that you might choose to take, but that is a radical responsibility or it's radical discontinuity. Like changing that completely is going to have a shift on so many things in your life. It's crazy. And to go back to my husband, like we did, (laughs) we did a full candida cleanse with my entire family last summer. And he was like, excuse me. And my kids too, like, what? Because when you do a candida cleanse, you can't have any form of sugar. So of course that includes alcohol. And he was like, so you're asking me to go through summer because it's three months with not a drop of alcohol. And I was like, yeah, like that's like, you can absolutely do it. And, and at first he was resisting it and we talked through it and we talked about his relationship with celebration and, and, you know, why was it so needed in him to have this like, Oh, I need my glass of wine to relax. And I was like, but do you? Like, do you really? And so we just started deconstructing all these ideas. And first thing you know, it's been over a year now, and he still rarely will have a glass of wine now, which is so brilliant. And he's like, wow, like I have so much energy. Like our weekends are like all in, you know, we're not half in, we're all in with our kids. Our energy is there. But I just want to say also that. For me, there's absolutely no judgment in what you decide for yourself. Like I have lots of clients, I'll tell them, like, if you're going to have a glass of wine, I want you to have that glass of wine and just be present with it, celebrate it, like enjoy every bite, as opposed to having that glass of wine, like it's like you're on autopilot, you're doing it because others are doing it. You're, You know what I mean? Like I invite them to really reignite that connection and that intention. Same thing for coffee, actually. Go all in, but just like savor it. Enjoy the social aspect of it. And then you'll realize that one glass is all you really need to have the buzz that you're looking for because the buzz you're looking for is actually within you always. And I think, Vanessa, you could even say the same thing just about food in general. Enjoy it. (laughs) Enjoy, Enjoy it, prepare it, or however you receive it, actually receive it and enjoy it. Chew it, taste it, (laughs) love it. Like love life the way that you love food. (laughs) And no, but it's so true. Eat, pray, love. And your piece of chocolate. If you're going to have a great piece of chocolate, like love it. Right now, 
I am on a big parasite cleanse and I have been for a few months and my daughter's joining me on it as well. And so are Curt and Hardy. So Lakey, Curt and Hardy are all doing this. They are now at the point they've been enjoying like no sugars, no white flowers, really limited. I now ask them, do you want to have this stuff? They'll say yes, but let's like celebrate it so that we have a plan this summer. We go camping every summer and they love going to this small camping village called Waska Sioux and there's homemade cinnamon buns there. And so their next big treat is going to be camping and they're going to go for this homemade cinnamon bun. And it's like, yes, we're going to go for it. We're going to enjoy it. We're going to just love the day eating that cinnamon bun. And we're going to go have a picnic on the beach and it's going to be this big thing. And it's just the idea for me now to share with them that when we decide to eat different foods, we're making the choice. Or when I decide to have a drink of wine, I'm making the choice to do this rather than just like, what's in the fridge? I'm just going to pop it in my mouth. It's all about the intention that's part of reconnecting with your body. Imagine how powerful that gift is for your kids. If only I was given a glimpse of that when I was a kid, everything else would have been different. When you bring intention in your life and when you're really in the present moment, that's the key. Like, and for kids, we know they're going to eat the crap and do the things, but at least they'll have the awareness the next day. You know, they'll be like, ah, yeah, maybe that wasn't the best choice. I'll do better next time. I see it in my kids now. And they're like six and nine. And I'm like, wow, okay, this is great. (laughs) I feel the same way. And what I really think too there is that I think the intention piece is that we're actually just giving them a moment to pause, just pause between the act of desiring. And eating, if we're going to use eating, for example, like desiring to eat from that moment of I want this to I'm going to eat it. There's a moment of, okay, how come I'm eating it? How do I celebrate it? You know, you're just giving yourself a time to ask maybe five questions to yourself and then you can make the choice afterwards, whatever you're going to do. That's really powerful with alcohol, actually. The people that have a hard time slowing down, like doing what you just said is amazing because you'll realize like, oh yeah, well, I don't really need that. Because all you needed is to take a couple deep breaths and reconnect with yourself. I was doing an exercise. It was in a workshop and it was on teenagers. I was the parent and then I had a son and he was the teenager. And what kind of conversations you would have. And so he came at me and he kept being like, my friends are going to a party. I'm going to go and they're going to take some drugs and I'm going to take them. And (laughs) what would be the questions that I would ask him in that moment to get him to just stop and say, where's the drug coming from? How is it manufactured? What else is in it? Is it a plant? Is it a chemical? Getting them to think through five different questions that they could ask themselves in that moment so that they could pause between the offering and the taking. Imagine if we gave that to our kids, like that's so powerful. We've got a little bit off topic, but (laughs) the idea is radical responsibility, radical discontinuity. And here in this moment, what questions can you ask yourself to make those small, subtle shifts? How can you reconnect back to you? These are the things I wish I had heard when I went through burnout. They are things that I had heard. They are things that I knew that I probably should be doing. But one, I didn't have the energy to do it. Two, I didn't know how. And three, I was scared of it because my life was going to change drastically. And I was still so connected to that previous life to the identity in that previous life that I didn't know that I actually wanted to get out of burnout in some weird, strange way. It had a hold on me because it was attached to my previous life. Would you call that a bit of the victim mindset? 
I didn't feel I was a victim. So I wouldn't call it the victim mindset. Would you? No, I I just recognize this pattern sometimes in some clients that there's always going to be an excuse to stay where they are. I never saw you ever embodying the victim ever, but I was just curious if you would describe it that way. I wouldn't call it the victim mindset. I would share with them is how come? What is the real reason? What is the root of it? And it's going to be some belief. It's going to be some core wound. It's going to be some experience they had. It's going to be some way that they identify with themselves that is holding them in that space because they're protected there. They don't want to feel the pain of going through change. They're comfortable with the amount of pain that they're feeling right now. And the changes that they're going to have to make are generally quite huge. That's radical responsibility right there. And radical responsibility is also surrounding yourself. If you don't have the energy, it's surrounding yourself with the people that will show you the very next step you can take micro actions, right? Because sometimes you can't even think for yourself when you're at that point. I agree. The last time I was in a space where I was completely depleted and was in survival mode, I could see exactly what I needed to do to get out of it. But I actually had to ask the people around me to do them for me because I didn't have the energy to do it. So I would go to each person and say, can you do this for me? I need this done and I need your help. I need your help to do it because I know that if it's left up to me, I can't push the button to buy the thing on Amazon that I need to make me feel better. You know, like take the pill, take the pill. I needed to wake up every morning and to have the pill set out so that I could just take it, you know, take the vitamin. I needed someone to actually buy Vanessa's detox for me so that I (laughs) I would do it. Oh my God. But that's the journey. Also asking for help when you've been in your masculine energy for so long is excruciating. Well, when you're in that masculine energy, you are taught to believe that asking for help is weak. I am weak is not a belief that anyone ever wants to feel. Whereas when you shift into your feminine energy, you no longer see it as asking for help. You're looking at it as community and creation and loving and compassion and working with the people around you to better your own health and your own energy and in your mindset shifts into how you view yourself and your beliefs. You have to move through and move on from the belief that I am weak. It's going to be there. It's in you. If you've ever had that belief, it doesn't go away. It's still there. You just move on with it and you move with it. Then you can change into a different mindset, embodying that feminine energy that as women, when we're in that place, we thrive. It was a joy hearing your words, your ideas. Vanessa, tell us how we can reach out to you, where we can find you. I hang out mostly on Instagram at vgrutman. You can also find me on my podcast, The Energy Upgrade. And I did an episode with Danita. If you want to hear about the work we did together that cheated on me, (laughs) the brain tapping and everything else. Otherwise, there's my website, vanessagrutman.com. Amazing. Thank you so much for the conversation, Jen. I know today was a big conversation and I'm so happy that you were here for it to share in our time together. What brilliant women. And I'm so grateful for the work that you both do to help everyone in the world become better because of the experiences that you walk through. So it's been a joy to listen to both of you. Thank you. Thank you. Have a beautiful day, everyone. Thank you so much for tuning in to today's episode. It is my mission to help as many people as possible explore the other side of life, to find awareness in their truth and learn to love where they are at and discover where they can go. So if you found support and guidance in any way today, I would love to hear from you. 
The best way is to simply share your love by leaving me a comment on whatever platform you are tuning in from. I will be reading every single one of them. Or you can connect with me on YouTube, where I share healing sound meditations. And you can always learn more about me, my services, and what it is I do at www.gypsyheart.ca. That's www.gypsyheart.ca. I can't wait to connect again soon.